What's up, everyone? Yo, yo, Salty Dogs Land. Salty Dogs Podcast coming at you. Yes, here from Wichita, Kansas, in the basement. That's right. We are in the basement. We've just broken a big sweat trying to get this episode going. We encountered... A little bit of chaos. Many chaoses. <laughs> Multiple chaos. Multiple chaos. If there is a um, multiverse, we just experience all of the technical difficulties in all of the Earths and all of history. All in one place. All in one place. It was bad. In it was a matter of 53 minutes. And do you want to tell people what the ultimate Whoa. thing was that you had to fix? So I went into my settings on my live stream box and there was a little checkbox that was checked and it said mute audio. Yep. And you probably, I mean, you ran to the other side of the building to get a different live streaming box. Like we, you bought, brought we, all sorts of HDMI right. cables. <clears throat> Pretty much. But we're here now and it's good. Super great to be here. Yeah. This episode's going to be called From Chaos to Simplicity and we're going to be talking about the simple life. We are. And, and so, this was not simple. But before we do that, we have a, we have a little bit of business to take care of. Yeah, you got some stuff you want to talk about. Yeah, number, and I have questions. Yeah, you do, and I'm excited to have this conversation because this might be Tell one me. of the first things that we ever disagree on. Tell me um, about there, I, there's not going to be any disagreement. Well, you, you know, just, it sure sounded you, like disagreement. We, no, I just don't think that we can expect everybody to be exci- as excited about certain things as but we are. I don't care if everyone is. But that's else what is you excited. want. That's I what want you wanted you from me to be excited. Just me, because we are almost the same person. But I'm on a I'm in a different place in my journey, Christopher. <sighs> Gosh, okay. If Almost you say, the same person. You, Go for uh, it. If you say so. You so, got? number one, you complimented me on my beard and said that it looked really good. And I yep. actually had multiple people the other day in Walmart compliment me on my beard. Hey, look, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Compliments from people at Walmart don't really count all that much. But if they were men, though, it meant a lot to me that another bro recognizes the beard. Another Walmart bro. Yeah. <laughs> Another Kyle, he had some monsters in his hand. Hey, he was check going out to the sheetrock Kyle. Check out these wall, <laughs> these rollback prices. Sweet beard, bro. Yeah, it was great. And Anyways, that's a, it, you gonna go with that shower curtain? Or you gonna go with that shower curtain? Yeah, I like my Kyle joke. Okay, better. go for it. So, anyways, I've been having a good a good beard deal, but um, I am super excited about this book that I got in the mail. And this book is, is it the one that was talking about the end of the world? Nope. No, not book. that. This is a different book. That this I, is this the is, book you paid for. This is one that I paid for, um, and it's called, I'll, I'll show you guys, The Tim Shull. And it is actually um, a translation. It's an idiomatic translation um, of the Bible. It's not the full Bible. It's 20 of the most popular stories in the Bible. And I asked you, I was like, oh, I want to talk about this tonight. And you were like, ugh, no, I don't want to. Pass. I just really didn't feel like it. Right. And so, we, but you finally caved and gave in. I want to read just a snippet. Really? Um, not from the book. No, not from the book. Oh, okay. Okay. From her, um, it's written by a okay, woman named Bonnie Lewis. I'm given context from her Kickstarter as to here's what this is and what you can expect from this. She says, hi, my name is Bonnie and I am writing a new Bible translation. Even though I have a master's of theology from Fuller Theological Seminary, have been a pa- have been in a pastoral role for the past five years and I'm a theologian. I have always had a hard time connecting with the Bible on a personal level. The characters of the Bible often seemed idealistic to me and many of the interpretations of the text were shallow and hard to identify with. Tim Schill translation is for those who who feel spiritually homeless or on the fringes of the Christian map. It is for you and for me and for all of us who are in the process in a neat and need a new way to experience Jesus. It is for all of us who have ever picked up the Bible and wanted more context and information because it can be hard to understand. 
Tim Schull is for those of us who believe that scripture is alive and beautiful and want to find new meaning inside of it. It is a new way to read the Bible that sets the stage for creative interpretation, questions, wrestling, and dialogue. So this is just to kind of give you a backstory, but, but the phrase, like, this is for those who feel spiritually homeless. Like I really resonate with that. You feel like a spiritual bum? I mean, I have at times in my life. You're nothing but a bum. In times in my faith. I mean, we've had so many Hey, you can actually get the Rocky reference now because you watched Rocky. Do you remember this? Yeah. It's easily climbed all the way up to my top. I don't know. My top. So you're a spiritual bum and you like this book. I like this book. Um, and here's why I like it. We've had lots of conversations where we've talked about how the Bible has just felt, just flat and just not, I don't know. It, it honestly didn't feel like there was anything there and it just felt void of life. And I know that that may seem like a controversial statement to people. And I'm not trying to say that that's there how it are, is for everybody. There are multiple listeners <laughs> worried and concerned for your soul right now. Yeah, I don't care. Because the Bible hasn't been enough for you, Christopher. But but I will say that there's been so many times where I've wanted to pick it up and I've wanted to feel something and, and I haven't. And so this translation does a couple things. But one of the biggest things that it does is um, she actually helped create this translation with um, a couple other people people who are very smart uh, when it comes to Hebrew and Greek and stuff like that, but also a psychologist so that they could get inside the heads of the characters and actually give you insight into what they are thinking or what they might've been feeling and what they were going through. And so it's just made these characters feel so much more alive. Uh, You did agree to read the story of creation as she interprets it. And it was, I'm telling you, like it brought Adam and Eve to life for me in a way that I've never felt in my entire life before. You know what did that for me? Jesus. The Bama podcast. The Bama podcast. Well, this is, I think, better than the Bama podcast. That's blasphemy, bro. I, I can't If even, you say so. I can't even let you. Listen. He, I can't he, even let you. <laughs> you're just going to have to stop So right she now. did a Kickstarter. It's, if the Salty it's, Dogs podcast is ever going to break up, it'll be over this right Over here. that statement. It'll be over that right now. She So she used this and fulfilled the Kickstarter order, so there's not any available anymore right now, but they are going to, I know, release some later. When Before she does that promo, I'm going to try to get her on the podcast and have her come on and, and chat with us I'd be and down so for that, that you can you know kick her, I'm her, always life, down. her I, life work. I can, yeah, kick it right in the <laughs> face. Papusa. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I said this, cause I just looked down at my phone and my friend's like pupusas tomorrow. Yep. Kick yeah. in the pupusa. So that's anyways, right. that's something that I'm really know, excited you about. You want to know what translation of the Bible I'm really excited about? I right don't now? know. The Hebrew. Are you reading the Hebrew Bible? Everybody reads the Hebrew Bible when they read the old Testament. Right. But I mean, it's like called the actual Hebrew. It's, called, like it's called the tree of life version. And what it does is it actually keeps some. Are you being serious right now? Yeah. It's called the tree of life version. I've never heard of it. Yeah, of you course you well would, you heard of Tim You might as well have called it the yeah, Timshul. Because you Timshulites aren't reading the Tree of Lifers version. Oh. So Tree of Life version, TLV, and what it does is it keeps certain words in the actual Hebrew as you are reading the scripture. So then you have to, like, unless you know the word, you got to go look it up. And then there's just all sorts of depth yeah. into the Hebrew language. So I've I've been going back to that. And really learning a lot from the Lord as well. Well, so. I'm glad you're learning that. My translation's better. Okay. Just so you know. Yep. <laughs> and by better, you mean more blasphemous more, than the rest of them? Yes, more blasphemous. I'm Christopher, I'm glad that you have found something that has made you excited about reading Scripture yep. again. Yep, it's good. And I'm enjoying it. And I am excited because to hear Because otherwise, what you think. Scripture sucks. <laughs> 
That's what you were saying. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah. So I'm excited for you to give it a shot. And even if you read it and you don't, you're like, nah, this just doesn't, I don't connect with this. That's fine. I feel like we got a little salty. I feel like we're kind of taking it back to the old school a little I bit. I know, I like we're it. We're supposed to be loving and life-giving. Little, I wasn't really doing that for you right now. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm, I'm tougher. I'm stronger. It's a fight. I'm, I'm moving but forward. But this is our relationship. We can give each other crap like that. Right. It's and I'm okay. Good. I'm okay with it. Speaking of books coming in the mail. Yep. Am I getting we're another just, one? We're just going to do that. You are. You've got one on the way from Amazon. Nice. And it is called Outside the Lines, right? Yes. And it's a coloring book where you <laughs> color outside of the lines. It is <laughs> That's not, not even true. Okay. What is it called? I don't know. Jesus Outside the Lines? Yep. Is and it's our it's first. Called? it's our first official book club book for the SDP book club. That's right. Patreon.com slash Salty Dogs Podcast. 25 bucks a month gets you the book of the month, and then we'll read it and then have a discussion over it at the end of the month yep. on and a Zoom call. And we're potentially talking about maybe switching up the um, format of how we do the book club next month. So maybe some more details will, will come on that. Yep. Fun we stuff. We haven't decided yet. Time to pass the salt. Yep. It's been a minute. It's It's we've, been a little while. We've been saltless for a while. We've been saltless. Just so you know, Pass the Salt's a segment where we read uh, comments or reviews or emails that people send us. So if you like the podcast, let us know, saltydogspodcast at gmail.com or go to saltydogspodcast.com and check out our Contact Us page along with our blog. Yeah, tell us what your favorite version of the Bible is. <laughs> That's like, was that? that was like the poorest call to action I've ever heard anybody give on any podcast ever. You just did it. If we're going to be famous for anything, it'll be for that. I hope somebody, right I hope somebody adjusted their dial. Yeah. Like, that what just happened? Yep. <laughs> so we're, we're passing the salt to my special, my, my special homeboy out in Dodge city, Dan yep. Eubanks. We actually, um, we previewed his podcast on our podcast feed, Kingdom Bringer. Mm-hmm. You can check out more about his podcast at KingdomBringer.com. But Darren Eubanks, he left us a review. And he says... What good old Darren have to he, say? He's, he's short and sweet. Mm. He says... Is he really short? Great. His review short and sweet. Great podcast, exclamation point. He got into it. He was really excited about that. This is a great listen if you enjoy good, uplifting conversation. I do. So it hit the mark. Awesome job, you guys. And then three exclamation points. Uplifting? Really? What season? He wasn't talking about season three. I think maybe he was. Maybe. I think maybe he listened to like our most uplifting episode of season three. What's our saltiest episode? The um something missing? No, that one was. No, salty. that was maybe one of the just realists. When ones. we when we re recorded the the intention or the purpose of the podcast. With we're Casey, salty, yeah, bro. Yeah, we were, we were it was, salty. It was, we're salty, bro, because then you had to like... Dang, yeah, that's right, because then I had to brush say... brush some of the salt off, because yeah, you were people, like, it was too salty. People spit me out, man. Yeah, it was chewed like, you up and spit you out. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. Yeah. Well, we hope our homeboy Darren Eubanks is grinning ear to ear and has the rosiest cheeks he anybody's ever had in Dodge City. That I he hope. would actually get an award that the mayor would say, you know what, Darren, you've got the rosiest cheeks I've ever seen in Dodge. And Darren, I hope that all four of your cheeks are rosy, all of them. You just got the four cheek salute, buddy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know how to recover from that. You don't. You just Pe- people are ready for the meat. Yeah. They're re- <laughs> they're ready for us to get down. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> All right. I'm coughing. To, to, Excuse to, me. Get yeah. down to business. We're just giggles, which is good, which is fine. Um, Excuse me. Goodness. Hey, guys, I'm getting over bronchitis, so I might be coughing her this episode, and I'm not going to go back and... Uh, Get rid of all the. Cops. I have to make a comment. I have to make a comment about what you about the coronavirus post that you've been having about washing your hands. Oh yeah, tell like, me. Wash your hands like you've been milking a habanero uh-huh. pepper. Do you like this? You had like four or five of them in a row. I did. They're pretty good. Wash your hands like you gave a deep tissue massage to a spoiled chicken breast. <laughs> What, and there was when it was it was wash your hands like you touched every tested every doorknob at Home Depot. Yes. Yep. Yep. I was going off. Uh, Anyways. So we are talking about from chaos to simplicity. Yep. So this is kind of like a throwback. Episode one. To episode one. And so this is kind of maybe how things are going to go this season. I think we might have us tackling something and then have a guest and then kind of go back to that. Yeah. What the Lord's kind of doing in our lives with simplifying some things right helping us find contentment and for sure and rest that's that's a word of the year for us is rest yes and i think that i think that'll be good i mean last year it seemed like the word that kept pop kind of popping up was vulnerability and and i think for for us this year it's rest and so um i think it would be good to mix it up so we're going to try to mix it up this year like jason said we're going to do us two and then um guest us two guest us two guest and we'll follow that that format it'll be good (laughs) I just need to read a comment that we got on our Facebook live. Say it. John Sizemore says, wow, four cheek salute. <laughs> John. It's pretty darn funny. John, if you, if you leave us another, <laughs> leave us a Facebook comment or something and you'll get the four cheek salute. Oh my gosh. This is ridiculous. You can do Absolutely like ridiculous. <laughs> this is fun stuff though. Yeah. So talking about oh, moving from chaos <laughs> To simply, hey, you know what? I'm okay with us laughing right now because we were not laughing before we started this podcast. Because it was chaotic. Because it was it was crazy. There was, and you know, it, this is a good kickoff point. We have so much freaking gear in here, and you have so many boxes and cords and lights and microphones. Like this is probably the most complicated setup that you can have for a podcast. Maybe it's pretty complicated. Well, I th- the live stream piece really complicates it, right? Because otherwise, I mean, we started in a little, you know, basically a freaking closet with two microphones, right? But because I'm such a gearhead and a techie, but but why did why did this is a good this is a good jumping off point? Why more? Like, because more is better, bro. More is better. Mm-hmm. More is better. More so, money, more gear. So more stuff to handle. How do you? I'm going to start off by asking you a question, and that wasn't a real answer, by the way. I know it's Go okay. Ahead. I'm just going to move right past it. Yep. How do you feel like your, your life is? Would you say that your life is chaotic, um, peaceful, a mixture of both? Um, maybe before we started exploring this topic and really trying to live it out, you know, maybe re- re- rewind to Jason at the beginning of 2019. Like, would you say that you had a life where you took on Jesus easy yoke that was a lifestyle of simplicity, nah, bro. chaos free? Like, what did your life no. look like pre pre yoke? Um, <laughs> dude, I just discontentment all around. Uh, January twenty nineteen, I was January February twenty nineteen. I was probably at the height of my discontentment, just with my job 
Um, not the company I worked for. Everybody was great. It was just me, right? It's not you. It's me. It's the classic line. And I had to get out of there. Um, I remember, I'd, man. I'd been in the same place for about four years. And you know what was going on there? It was, it was like the grind, bro. The grind was getting to me. And it was just too much all the time. Yeah. And there wasn't like any light at the end of the tunnel. And I think we talked a little bit about this in, in our episode called Kingdom Vision for Family Marriage. But the Lord really gave us some vision, and then we've been kind of going gung-ho after that recently. Yeah. But, you know, there's seasons. Like, last year was kind of a chaotic season, but then things kind of mellowed out. And then things have kind of gotten crazy again. And it's just a matter of, you know, scheduling, and you got a family, and everything's going on, and people get sick. And it's just, it's been crazy. Like, you know, my mom was in the hospital. Kim's grandma was in the hospital. My family had the flu. I got bronchitis. You know, I was out of town. I was like fixing the house and I'm, you know, handling podcast stuff and I'm doing all these things. And sometimes it, it's like, it swells. Right. And so there's a lot that hits at one time and it gets a little wacky, but I really believe it's in those times. It's in the chaos where I can really reach out to the Lord and say, okay, man, it's nuts around here right now, but I need your shalom peace to fall over me. And in a moment, like yeah. in the snap of a finger, I can close my eyes and breathe and just focus on the Lord. And then his peace comes over me. Right. You know? Yeah. And there's, and there's, I feel like there's a difference between like chaos and like the craziness of life, like the things that kind of come up and they're not one and done. They're like, you know, like Nana, you know, she's got medical things that she's dealing with. That's not necessarily something that's in our control, but there's like chaos that's in our control that it's almost like this environment that we set in our lives and, and we're okay with it. We're fine with it. Um, and, and a lot of times I feel like it starts in the home, like at that home base, like literally yeah. if how, how your home, is it, um, clu- not clustered. Is it Clutter? Cluttered. Yes, that's right. the word. Is it cluttered? Is there just chaos kind of in the home? Yeah. Is yeah. there constantly stimulation that's going on, visual, mm-hmm. you know, right. uh, audio, that kind of thing? Like, mm-hmm. it, like, what is that environment like in the home? Because that's where I feel like it all starts because mm-hmm. a home is is like should be this sanctuary, this place of rest, this place where you can go in and you can like find peace. And when it's not that, it, it just feels like there's never never any peace. It feels like there's never any, anything slowing down. So there's like chaos that comes that we can't control. Right. And then there's chaos that we enable ourselves and live in day in and day out. Based on our decisions. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, we're talking about from chaos to simplicity. And I think we've, we did a really good job in episode one, two, kind of painting that life of chaos, like all these things going on and you know, it doesn't have to be like that. We can yoke up with Jesus and find rest. But I, I think this episode, maybe I want to talk a little bit more and I actually want to dream a little bit and draw from personal experience and tell some stories about how we have attempted to, and are continuing to simplify our lives. Right. And so how do we go from chaos to simplicity? And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, what does it look like in your home? Um, and again, this is going to be really practical, but again, it, I think it, it stems from the heart. Like, have you come to a place to where you've been able to, to get to, to get to where you're saying, I, I wish things were just a little bit more simple yeah, or easier or right. Like less cluttered or what, you know, why do, why do we have to have all this stuff? What, yeah. right. You're asking about the broadcast room. Like I've got all this stuff. Like I do have a lot of stuff. You, you could, dude, honestly, you could probably like fully support another three podcasts being started <laughs> from equipment that you have in here and old mics. 
I'm probably going to get emails now. People are going to ask me for all the gear that I have laying around. Well, you're welcome. <clears throat> yeah, you're first welcome. come, first serve. Jump so, on it. But let let maybe let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I've got some scripture that I want to dive into, and there's just a few. Um, and so, you know, when I'm thinking about chaos and I'm thinking about simplicity, I think about this scripture, and it's, um, it's Jesus, and it's the "Do not worry" scripture. Right. And so let me just read some of you. He says, so I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear isn't life more than food and body more than clothing. Um, and so then he goes on to tell the story about like the birds of the air. They're not reaping and sowing, they, but they're fed and the lilies clothe the field and the fields don't labor or toil. And then he says, so don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for the pagans eagerly pursue all these things Yet your father in heaven knows you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And there's an interesting scripture in first Timothy chapter two, verse two, where, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul, he basically says, um, at the very end of this, this, uh, this part of the scripture, he says that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all good goodness, uh, godliness and holiness. So peaceful and quiet. And then he also says, um, to Timothy in another place, he says, for as preachers of the gospel, we are content to have food in our stomachs and clothing on our back. Hey, do you remember this scripture? Mm-hmm. So, like Jesus is saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. God's going to give you those things. And Paul's saying, look, we're doing the work of the Lord and we're content with being fed and being clothed, but it's not on them to actually worry about that. It's, you know, the Lord doing that for them. And so I think the cluttered, chaotic, not so simple life is really a life filled with worry and anxiety. And desiring, I think, desiring and, and more. And desiring more. Yeah. So I, you know, I had something that I had kind of typed out in my notes, like maybe us throwing out, and I think we did, but I just, we just defined some, but calling these like simple life killers, like things that kill a simple life. And you said you threw out worry, anxiety, I think a desire for more. Are there any other like simple life killers that you can think of? (coughs) Uh, Maybe discontentment. Yeah, yeah. And there's, big time and there's, mul- there's multiple forms of discontentment, but I think like a discontentment is like, dang, I'm not okay with like, I, I mean, maybe that's the, just another way to say desiring more. I say, yeah, right. I think, You're not content. Like, nothing is enough. There's always more. Like for me, right? It's like the gear situation. Oh, I want that mic, and I want this mic. It's hard I, for us techies. And I want though. that camera. And like being a photographer, it's like I want this camera body. I want yeah. those lenses. And we just kind of always want more, more, more. Gear and envy. so there's so there's discontentment. And honestly, you know, Jesus talked about the pursuit of money being the root, or the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil. Right. And um, then there's a scripture that says, "For many have, you know." fallen away out of their pursuit of riches. And so if we might think of riches as like a lot of money, but I think sometimes riches can mean like a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that pursuit, it's, it's killer, man. And I think that's kind of what, like, what kind of tore me up. Cause I was always, I was never content where I was. I was always discontent with where I was. And so I always wanted something different or wanted more. So I was never living in the present. I was always existing into the future. And that's an Enneagram seven flaw. Yeah. 
I mean, textbook, right? But really getting to a place to where, I mean, let me just tell you. So, you know, our family, we moved out of our house, started renting it out, and then moved in with my father-in-law. And during that process, we threw away so much stuff. Dang. And it felt wonderful to get rid of that crap. I mean, just throwing stuff away. Dude, like, you I start, don't care. You start I going care. through, like, drawers and closets. It's all, and you're like, how did how did all this stuff get here? Where did all this stuff so come much from? Stuff. Dude, we own so much stuff. Like, we've got a, I mean, we've got a shed full of stuff. We've got this room full of stuff. Like, we've got a garage full of stuff. And that stuff's yeah. just in boxes. You could probably throw that stuff away. We might miss it later on. But, like, you know, some of it's seasonal and it, and so, I don't know, man. I just think, like, the stuff situation. Somebody... Maybe it's something people always say, but it's just like, you know, the stuff you own ends up owning you. Right. Maybe, I think that was in Fight Club. Maybe. It sounds like something <clears throat> Brad Pitt would say. would say. Yeah, Brad Pitt. What's his character's name? Tyler Durden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Durden. Mr. Durden, the soap salesman. I like it. Yeah, man, but, I really I really do think that th- there's a lot to that. And, you know, we have a friend that's moving right now, and she was telling us, like, she's just overwhelmed with how much stuff they have. You know, it's like, you know, when you live in a home for, you know, two years, five years, ten years, you know, plus, you just start to acquire so much stuff. And it's crazy how the walls feel like they start to kind of cave in around you when there's so much and how, how just even things affect you. Um in, in a way like that, but, but going back to Paul's scripture and he's talking about the birds of the air and things like that and desiring, um, or Jesus, no Jesus. Yeah. Where he's talking about, can you, what did he say about, um, about being content said, with, with yeah, the food and your clothing? Yeah. And yeah. Stuff yeah. Like that. So Jesus is saying like, don't worry about what you're going to wear or eat or drink. And then Paul says, look, Timothy, as proclaimers of the gospel, we're content with food in our stomachs and clothes on our back. So I really do think that there's like this foundation that it that everything is kind of built on that to pursue a lifestyle that is not simplicity and and we hit it earlier but i think that the big kind of red flag red button check engine light is discontentment um yeah. because if you have discontentment in your heart you begin to feel like man nothing's enough your marriage isn't enough uh your job isn't enough your your car house just you start to examine everything and we hold it up to we hold it up and expect it to bring us something, whether that's happiness, fulfillment, um, a good feeling, uh, it, whatever it could be. But but we hold it up and examine it and go, ah, this just isn't enough. And there's this desire for more that's there. And and we're talking about stuff right now. And I think that people can probably understand that and they can hit that. But one of the questions that I wanted to ask that kind of had to do with this was, was that does Christian culture actually help? throw gasoline on this fire of discontentment in our life. Um, and this Christian culture. Right. And let me, let me kind of explain that. Yeah, give it context. So the context of this would be, you know, you are a part of a church that begins to tell you um, that, you know what, uh, you, you need to do more. You need to do more. And so there's this more that starts to come up. You need to serve. You need to give. You need to join a group. Like your life is is not okay right now. Jesus completely wants to transform your life. But here's how he's going to do it. And he's going to do it through these ways over here. So the kind of this do more mentality that when you join in the church, there's this long list of things that you need to do. And suddenly it, 
I'm, I'm going to make the statement, it's like Jesus isn't enough. And I know that that's not what they're saying, but that's kind of what kind of gets put out there. So there's a do more. So there's... So- Yeah, go ahead. There's a do something big for the kingdom. Like Mm -hmm. you have to do this big world changing thing. A lot of times for people, it's like ministry, join in ministry, be a pastor, be, you know, whatever, be this or that. But there's this huge like push to do something big for the kingdom, something massive, something that's going to change the world. And so now all of a sudden there's like this, oh, your life isn't enough. Like you have to do these big things. And then lastly, like God's, God's best for your life is so much more than you can ever fathom. And there's like, there's some truth in all this stuff, but it begins to create this big picture. It's like, well, God's got something big for my life. Well, my life sucks right now. Like it, it it's not enough. And so suddenly something, uh. some things that may have held some truth, we begin to hold them up and go, well, they said I had to do more and I'm not doing much, you know, enough now. And, and they said that God has this big vision for the, you know, for my life, but I'm just stuck in work in this nine to five job. Like there's all of these different things that we be begin to measure up like does that make sense it does kind of what i'm getting at and i think it's important to just make the statement that all of those things are good things right and that the people who promote those things heavily within their church organization have a good heart and good intentions behind it but they can also inadvertently create that feeling of i'm not doing enough i haven't done enough i'm not doing enough right like and think about, so let's just talk about like, let's say a church does a, a push for people getting in groups and they give, they give a, you know, four weeks and they talk about discipleship and meeting in homes and breaking bread and serving and doing all mm. this stuff. And so then they get, they tell everybody, okay, on week four, we're going to, you know, we're going to have our group leaders out here and everybody's going to go meet them. And we're going to try and get people to get into groups and they're trying to get people in groups. Right. So for some people, that's like, great. They can go to a group on a Wednesday night or on a Thursday night or on a Friday night or on a Saturday night, but they can't make a, they can't make a, you know, Saturday morning breakfast or Sunday evening or whatever. So maybe none of the times fit for what they can do. Well, Mm -hmm. then, you know, they're just kind of crap out of luck. Um, The other thing is, what about the people who are just never going to connect in that situation, but then it keeps being brought up right. over and over and over exactly. again. And I know, I think and I know people point, like that. I'm sure we both had conversations <clears throat> with people who are like, listen, like, you know, I, it, that's just not, that's not the spot for me. Um, but, but I wonder about that sometimes, like the whole Christian culture, like, do we have a Christian culture that actually kind of goes against or pushes against a simple lifestyle. I mean, you and I have had so many, I mean, ministry in itself by its very nature, by its fabric, by its design, its essence is one of chaos. I mean, it can be it. uh, Well, it can be. And I would say that we're familiar with it was a bit chaotic. And I will say that for most people, I would say the majority by far, it's chaotic for a lot of people. It's not one that is of an easy yoke. Brad Bates says there's absolutely a do more attitude in most churches. Yeah. There's a couple more comments that you got that you're reading there. Yeah. I'll I'll let you read those. No, that's fine. I mean, I I, I really do think that there's a, there is just almost like it, it's not enough. Like it, so you, so you cannot just live this simple kind of bare bones Christianity. It's almost like Jesus is, not that Jesus isn't enough because he is, but it's almost like this, hey, you can't only just have this relationship with Jesus. You have to lump on so much more that you begin to do, and those standards are being set 
by by you know, a church. You know, I'm hearing you say that, and and I know where you're coming from and why you're saying it like that, but not everybody would make those statements with the same tone that you just did right. because you have a certain experience within that, t- within that frame. There yeah. was a time in my life where all I wanted to do was everything church. So I went For to sure. every group. I served in every ministry. I was at every service. I went to every potluck. Right. right? Yeah. I, I went to every mission trip and I did all this stuff and that was good for me. And I was able to accomplish that. And, or, you know, there was a season in my life where that was, was good. Right. And it was simple in the fact that I'm just going to go to work and then I'm going to be involved in church activities. Yeah. And that was a simple life for me at that point. Uh, yeah. That's, that's interesting. And so I, I, I can, think I has... can see, and I can understand, I can see, and I can understand what you're saying. I really, yeah. And I know, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that a lot of my things that I'm saying, the things that I'm feeling are heavily influenced by um, my life experiences, but they're also influenced by a lot of the pastors that I talk to and, and spend time with and hang out with. And maybe this is, you know, maybe there, maybe I am looking at it with a jar half empty kind of vibe, but I definitely do think that the most commonly pursued way in America, um, and the yoke that comes with ministry is not one that is that is easy, that is life giving, um, that is simple. Simple, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, so what do I we don't mean? Think it's that. So what do we mean by simple though? Because I I felt like I really wanted to try and define that, and I and and as I'm thinking about it, I really think that phrase, the simple life or simplicity, is truly subjective. And it's personal for well, you, each individual. I mean, you and you threw this question out on Facebook, and I feel like you asked people like. You didn't very, give very much context to it, but you asked people, well, how did you phrase it? Just, you know, what does it mean to live a simple life or what, what does living a simple life look like? And every single answer, I mean, there it was, was some, pretty much all different. Yeah, th- there was some, a couple things that kind of crossed over, but almost everything was really, really different. But I mean, for some people, it was like a world where there's not as much technology. You know, some people think a simple life is not being connected to electronic devices. Right. Um, one guy said, oh, a simple life for me is like living with my family on a farm and like you know, growing my own food and being self-sustaining. Yeah. You know, th- that's a simple life. But to accomplish that, to to live on a on a, a self-sustaining farm right. where you generate your own power, your own, you have your own well, you know, you chop your own fire, you do all that stuff like yeah. that takes work to sustain that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You got to feed the pigs, you got to feed the chickens, you got to feed the cows, you got to slaughter the calf. You've so simple cut- doesn't mean easier or void of <clears throat> work. of work. So, I mean, so I'll just ask you, like when we're having this conversation, because we even both of us might have a different definition of what the simple life for us is, because it is a subjective question. Right. So what is that for you? What does a simple life look for, look like for me? And you, you don't have to give a definition. You can even <laughs> describe like what it actually looks like practically in your day to day life. Yeah. Well, let me just based on where I'm at now, let me tell you what a simpler life would look like. Number one, uh, a simpler life for me would be one where we don't carry any kind of debt so that we don't have to rely on a certain amount of income in order to just live month to month. That would be a simpler life for me to where I think for me, simpler means more freedom. And for me, simpler means, yeah, less chains, less boundaries. And I think even less decision right? Like less decision-making. So yeah. So so like, so you don't have like decision fatigue. Right. I want to talk about decision fatigue. So 
I would really love, like I, I've thought about doing this about a million times, but I would love to throw away all of my socks and buy like 30 pair of the same socks. Dude, I've had this. And I want to throw oh away gosh. all of my underwear and buy 30 pair of the same underwear, right? I just want to have one outfit. Pretty much. Like, and I it would, would be, be totally red, fine. It'd be a red flannel and blue jeans and boots, would and it? that's all I would wear. Yeah. I'd probably wear gray pants, some Pumas, and like black t-shirt. Pumas. But what I'm thinking about, but listen. I get what you're saying. So I would, I would love to like have five pair of jeans, you know, like 10 polos, like that kind of thing to where I'm not having to decide or make these decisions. Right. So like even with my diet, I've created a simpler life with my diet Yeah, because I've been on the ketogenic diet. That's true. Yeah. You've been doing that trucking for well over a year. What has happened is like there are times where I have cravings and I want to go out and I want to have a, you know, a burger with no bun, whatever. I'm craving something like tonight we went ahead wings and uh, we were craving wings. And so I went ahead wings, but most often I'm content to eat like four scrambled eggs, four pieces of bacon and some chuck roast. And I could eat that every single day, dude. Dang. I really could. And every once in a while, I'll want something else. But for the most part, I've got my diet to where it's really simple. So a simple life to you. I mean, it sounds like it's like maybe less decisions, like in yeah, kind of like, just a, and then like financial I freedom. Mean, yeah. Financial freedom, man. Just like not, not being bound to you know certain things. And that's interesting because when I think of a, when I think of a simple <laughs> life, my mind doesn't go towards financial freedom. Um, sometimes, yeah, I mean, I I've thought about the decision fatigue kind of stuff and kind of making some decision decisions that taking a lot of the decision making out of my day to day life by kind of streamlining stuff. Um, but for me, my mind goes towards like fighting a hustle culture in busyness because for us, I would say what our love, what our life looked like pre pursuing a different kind of lifestyle was just busyness, like just, just busyness stuff going on, always something going on, always something going on. Um, whether that was from my time in ministry, um, being in ministry, it's one of the, I mean, there's demands, there's needs, there's always something going on. And, you know, we had done that for, I mean, since 2012, I mean, up until like 2019. So you're talking to just years and years of years of just going, going, going on top of trying to be relational. I'm highly relational. I like to spend time with people, try and hang out with people on top of having side hustles. Like you and I probably frustrate our wives so much because we have all of these different things that we want to be involved in. There's always an iron in the fire, brother stuff stirring up all the time. And, And so, and so for me, it was moving away from a lifestyle and not just for me, but for me, my wife and my kids moving away from this lifestyle that was always something is going on. And that wasn't just something that we can flip on a switch and drop everything. You can't. It was like we had to kind of start to evaluate, okay, what what has a lot of time and energy in it right now? Is this good? Is this something that's life-giving? Do we feel like it's like we need to keep doing this? And there were some things that kind of dropped off that we kind of let go of. But it was us really freeing up our schedule Mm -hmm. and then trying to disconnect from technology more. Um, And and now that's a little bit hard because my job is... it needs technology. Like right. I ha- I can't just yeah. get rid of my social media. I need it sure. for my, for my company and things like that. I mean, I have yeah. laptop and all that stuff, but <laughs> knowing when to disconnect and making family right. life a bigger part of what is the most important to us. And so, so, um, doing less setting, 
um, I guess, gosh, what's the word? Like setting boundaries with technology and prioritizing family. That those three things are probably the hmm. foundation of what a simple life is right. for us. And that may keep evolving as we go on because we're going to come to a point to where we develop those rhythms and we're not on our phones after 7 p.m. Yeah. And that's no longer something that we have to prioritize. Right. And so we need to look at something, what the next thing would be. But so this would may you, be. Would you think that for you, you can sum it up and say the simple life for us would be one that's free from distraction or that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or being distracted from the wrong things, mm-hmm. like the things that we don't really care about or that I don't necessarily yeah. want to give my energy to. Yeah. Um, can I, can I bring something up? Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm going to bring it up. I really didn't ask your permission, but it's about you and something that you said at one point in time. And I kind of agreed, you know, we, we've both been in full-time ministry before we've both preached, you mm-hmm. know, and taken on, trying to lead an organization and like be the guy, right? Yeah. Lead pastor, that kind of stuff. And, you know, you, you went from Sunday morning gathering to like house church and you kind of simplified what church was looking like for mm-hmm. you. And then, you know, you made the statement one day and you were just like, if I could just like exist with my family and love them and be with them all the time and, you know, have some really close Christian friends that we got together and kind of pursued the Lord and, you know, we lived on mission like you, that to you, you just kind of explained a simple life yeah. for yourself. Can you maybe better articulate that? Or Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that if I had to boil it down and a lot of this came from the book to hell with the hustle, there's a chapter where Jefferson Bethke talks about, um, the Moses and Moses life in the desert. So when we look in Exodus, we see this snippet of who Moses is in Egypt. I mean, it sums up like he's a baby and then he's adult and then he kills someone and then he flees. So we have like a chapter and a half maybe of context for Moses. And then he goes in the wilderness and then we see that he's in the wilderness. There's like one verse, one or two verses that represent 40 years before he's in front of a burning bush. And so Moses is basically living out in the desert. Just he's there and just living his life, living his life, tending goats. He Mm -hmm. married, I'm sure he had kids. He started a family and for 40 years, there was no movement in his life. And all Moses knew at that point was to, you know what? I'm just going to tend these goats. I'm going to, I'm going to have my career. I'm going to do this. I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to love my family. And and this is what my life is all about. And I felt like you and I at certain points, not so much anymore, but when we were out of our first kind of big ministry career, we were looking forward to what's next. God, what do you have next for us? What kind of big ministry? What are you going to do? And And this is why I bring up this culture that the church kind of, And it's not malicious, but this God has something big and huge and amazing for you. And maybe he does, but maybe that big and huge thing that he has for you is to simply, and here was my statement, Hmm. to love your wife, love your kids, love God and love other people. Mm -hmm. And if that was all you did in your life, that is significant. There is significance in that. And so I'm in a point in my life right now to where I don't care if I ever lead in a church again, yeah. if I'm ever in a ministry again. Um, I have friends that are in ministry and they love it and it's life-giving and I believe that they're doing what God wants them to do. For me though, I just want to do those four things that I list, listed off. Yeah. And if that's all that amounted, like... That you got I, to do in this that's life. that's all that I got to do in this life was to show Jesus to people instead of trying to cram him down yeah. their throat or convincing yeah. them that that he's real. Like, I just got to love people in so, a real way, in a way that it wasn't like, 
ooh, I'm going to be your friend so then I can bait and switch and share the gospel with you. Like, get that crap out of here. That is, oh, nothing, I hate that. Christians, if you're doing that, if you are <laughs> leveraging, and I don't care what your pastor told you, if he told you oh, to snap. get into relationships, I can't Say help it, it loving man. loving and life-giving, Chris. <sighs> if you are in a church where you are being pressured to share the gospel with people or enter into relationships with them so that you can then share the gospel with them, I would really advise you to check your heart because what happens when they don't accept this message that you bring? Oftentimes I've seen you people write people off and they go, well, moving on to the next one. Yeah. But what if the most significant thing that you can do is to love your neighbor over the next 10 or 15 years yeah. and you showed them the love of Jesus with no strings attached? Yeah. I That's think good. that That's that would really be good. something that is so significant instead of like drone striking your neighborhood or your workplace with like, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Blah, blah, blah. Like that whole deal. Like, right. I just don't think that that's, that's good. I mean, even my approach with like showing Jesus to people has simplified. Like I've just stripped away a lot of the fluff and we've really tried to pursue and move yeah. in a direction. Thank you for calming me down. I was about to, you're about to go off. I was about to go off. So I, so I had an interesting conversation with a friend the other day and you know, was, he, he called me and, and he said, Hey, I need to talk. Um, and he said, I got a lot of stuff going on. Been thinking a lot about the Lord. And he just said, you know, you're one of the only guys that, um, that I trust. And so can you come over and talk? So I went over to his house and we, you know, we sat down and we hung out and he basically like, he basically said, I, I don't even really know how to say this, but I, I want to give my life to the Lord. And I said, awesome. You know? And, and that was kind of like my response. I'm like, that's fantastic. Right. And I didn't feel the necessity to like bow your head and close your eyes and repeat after me or pull out the scriptures and give them all the, you know, Romans road. Like I had no desire. Le- I had yeah. no leading to do that because what he did in, in essence was he expressed his intent for relationship with the Lord. And all he had to do was express that intent and he did it. And I said, you know, basically what you just did right now is you've communicated to the Lord that you want relationship with him. Right. And I was like, and when you do that, man, and he starts to respond to that, like, that's where it's at. I said, I said, as cheesy as it sounds, the journey's the destination. I said, mm, you made it. That's good. I said, you're here. I like that. You enter in relationship with the father, like, bro, you're good. Even if things crumble around you, like you're good. And I said, so the only, I said, my best advice to you right now I was like, I'm assuming you want to continue to like get closer to the Lord. I remember this. Like you're going to continue to pray, that kind of thing. I was like, bro, seek the Lord every day. I was like, and if you forget or you don't pray, no big deal. Pray the next day. Talk to him the next day. I said, love your wife. Yeah, I remember you told me Do your job. Love your cats and your dogs. It was like legit the most simple form. The simplest. I said, dude, just do what you're doing and pursue the Lord. And how would you have handled that back in the day? Oh, I would have had to make sure that I like sealed the deal and then went and told, you know, people that, oh, he prayed the prayer, man. Like, yeah, accept Jesus into his heart. Right. Hashtag, I see that hand. But man, I, I just believe that when people, man, when people enter into relationship with the Lord, like. It's simple, bro. It's simple. They're on a journey 
And the, the entirety of the remainder of their life is going to be them journeying out, coming to know the Lord over time. And that you get to continue to enjoy the people around you. Like, what do we truly have in this life except for the moments in front of us? Right. Right. These, this is what we can control. And so I think a simple life is really trying to be able to, um, kind of focus in and be present. Dude, that being present is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, there was a point in my life where I remember, you know, there was a point when I was in ministry and, um, I would go and have meetings a lot when I was a youth pastor with volunteers, with students and things like that. And I remember, I'll never forget it. Lara said, um, Hey, why don't you ever invest into me? Like you invest in all your volunteers. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And I was like, I do, I do invest in you. She's like, no, no, you don't. Like you go and you have these coffee dates with these people and you meet with them and you go over them and you invest in them and you like care about their spiritual growth and all that stuff. And it's like, and I don't feel like you do that for me. And you know, this was like, this was, was within the first year of our marriage, but hearing that was like a gut punch. And then I just had the thought the other day, like, what if one of my kids, like if we continued down the road of ministry that we were on and one of my kids felt that way, mm-hmm. like, and they said like, dad, why don't you ever invest in us? Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, I feel like pursuing a simple life, there's a, there's a reprioritizing that comes with it. You have to take stock of where you're at <coughs> and the things that you're giving your attention to. And some people are giving their attention to stuff. Some people are giving their attention to a career. Um, that that just takes up so much of them so that there's nothing left for those around you. But when I look at my life, like my first ministry, and you hear this all the time, you hear pastors say it, is to my family. Right. And, and I'm sure that there are pastors that mean that. I said it before and I, I wasn't living it. Right. And so this is me now trying to live that out and to regain <clears throat> some of that and almost make up for some lost time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm in a really good place. Like with my wife, we're all in the same, pretty much on the same page, like kind of in this debt reduction journey. And we, we truly are trying to, to minimize the amount of stuff that we own, um, and trying to minimize the, the amount of stuff that we have going on. Now, let me tell you, like, we're still busy we have stuff going on all the time. Um, and I long for a simpler life. Like maybe I don't have so much responsibility or maybe, maybe a simpler life for me means that people don't need so much of my time. But I also think that some of those things will never change because they're out of my control. But the things that I can change, how can I simplify? Right. Mm -hmm. Like how, and and when I say simplify, I mean like even minimize, minimize like minimalism, Mm -hmm. like let's just get it down to the bare bones necessities. Like, what do I need? What do I don't need? It comes down to needs. And and content. Like it goes back to that word, the contentment's like, what, what is, how can I live my life and be content with what I have? Like, it's almost like, how can I get to a point to where I have the least, but I'm content with this. And it's not like some poverty mindset. Like we're not talking, we're not talking about that. We're we're talking about, I feel like stripping away the things that it's just excess. Right. It's stuff that we don't need. It's trimming the fat, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just think about this. Let's take it back to, um, take it back to this clothing situation. So let's just say that I had 30 pairs of socks, which is probably a bit much, but they're all the same color and the same kind, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe I have one pair of dress socks because I have to, you know, marry somebody at some point in time or whatever. Nice. Um, and of course you got to have a pair of business socks because, right. you know, cause it's business time. It's business time. Right. But if I have 30 pairs of socks that I wear, you know, 
and I don't have to wash my socks for roughly three or four weeks, right? Which is kind of nasty. But and then when if I, you wear them again, but you when don't I have do, to wash them for two pretty months. much. But when I do, and I do that load of laundry, I don't have to like spend extra time searching for the matching socks. I just grab two. You just grab two and go, and then you go. You so save like time. I've saved time there. Um, and again, it's like a decision thing. So let's say I have twenty pairs of pants and twenty shirts um, that are all different, you know, and so. I'm doing laundry and whatever. Well, let's just say I ended up with five pairs of pants and five shirts. Well, I've just decreased my laundry load by like 75%. And so I don't have to spend as much time washing clothes. I don't have to spend as much time ironing or folding or putting clothes away. It's like a chain reaction. You're just kind of minimizing, you know, and, and, and if you can just get to a place of contentment, because some people are just like, oh no, I, you know, I don't want to wear the same thing every day. Some people, you know, whatever they want to have. And that's totally fine. You do you. But for me, I'm at that place to where, dude, all I want to do is wear t-shirts and sweatpants or jeans and a polo. Like, let's go. You know, what are we standing around for? Let's get this thing. What are we standing around with clothes on for? Yeah, what are we, let's freaking get the heck out of here. But Let's freaking know, Adam and Eve it in the garden. I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like hopefully we're getting our point across. Like, I just want to encourage people to, you know, if if you're just looking at your life and you feel like there's it's it's chaos or you're losing control or there's too much going on. Or you're discontent. Or you're you know, discontent, not happy with the way Man, that things are. Look around and just think about the things that are 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 and aren't necessary. I mean, truly do an inventory of your life and your stuff, and say, is that necessary? Do I really need that? Right. You know, like, I got a I got a couple practical things yeah, that I can share it. that that we've done. Um, and some of these are more recent. One of these is more recent, like three days ago recent. Um, one of these has been a big journey. So, um, here are three things that we've done our family to pursue a, a simpler life. The first one was pursuing a simpler form of church. And, and I understand that for a lot of people, you know, they're perfectly happy and content with whatever their church paradigm looks like. But for me and my family and a lot of the people in our community of faith, the Sunday grind just wasn't doing it for us. And and it was heavy. So can I paint a picture for you real quick? Go for it. I I want you to get back to your list. Let's we'll end on kind of playing off of that. But there was a point in time where we were doing doing church at a rec center and we had a huge trailer filled with boxes and filled with stuff. And, you know, service was like at 1030 or 10 and 1130. And we mm-hmm. would get there at like 730, 8 o'clock. It would take us the full two hours to set up and we would set up pipe and drape and we would do the whole full band curtains thing. to hide the wall cur- curtains. We would I mean, I would zip not zip tie, but like um Velcro, Velcro tie all the cords and we would set up the sound system and put out the things and put out the lights and put out the chairs, signs by the road, signs. We'd put mints in the restroom, like kids ministry, like the whole shebang. And it took 25 to 30 people, two hours to set up that entire situation. I remember just looking around one day and saying, man, are we doing too much? Like, isn't there just a, because we were spending the two hours in chaos Right. Trying to invite in people to it, trying to preach to people a God of peace. And then right? what happens when no one's showing up, you know, and you're like, yeah, and you're like discontentment, what are we doing this for? Why are we doing this? It's yeah. pointless. This doesn't serve any purpose. And I just remember asking the question like, man, are we doing too much? And just over the years, the Lord has allowed us to pursue a simpler form of our gathering. Yeah. And, and, it looks different, you, and it looks different than ours. Yeah. And it, let me just tell you, it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, for some people, it's weird walking into a room where there's just a couple people and then there's like 
you know, some worship songs on the TV and then, you know, people have to be led by the spirit to give a word. There's no preparation. Like that's weird. And it's just a, it's different, but for me, it's a million times easier. Right. And so it's just minimizing the amount of stuff that we had to do because we minimized the amount of stuff that we were using to make this thing happen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why like house church for you, it's like, yeah. Hey, you guys come over, let's have a meal, drink some coffee yeah, and let's just let's drink see some what beers. the Lord has. Let's, let's do this. And so for us, I mean, it was really about what it boiled down to with us pursuing a simpler form of church. I'm not even going to get into the whole, like, is this biblically right? It just was not life-giving. It was not right. life-giving, and we wanted to move in a direction of gathering as a community of faith that was life-giving. So we simplified that. There was no setup, no teardown. I mean, it is bare bones. And we further simplified, even from that point, if you can believe it, yeah. um, a way that we further simplified, and this is kind of the second thing that our family has done, is that we actually don't host a gathering in our home anymore on Sundays. Um, We have made it a priority as a family to observe and practice a day of rest or the Sabbath, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. And so we don't work on Sundays. We we make it a point and a priority to rest. um, So you guys have fully implemented that. We've implemented that. I mean, so we did, it's been a month. It's been, I think this coming Sunday will be week five. Is that why you're hesitant to answer my phone calls on a Sunday? I, I dude, I don't even you normally have my phone. You work? Did you did you call me this Sunday? I think I did. Oh, maybe I, maybe that's what it was. But but we're so yeah, we've done that and further simplifying. It's like you know what our family really needs now. There are some people that still get together on Sunday nights, but I'm not leading it, and and just in an attempt to do something that is even more life giving and follow our convictions, <clears throat> we've walked <laughs> down this path. And dude, let me tell you. I look forward to Sunday so much now. Right. Sleeping in, waking up, going out. I'll tell you, I drive, this is bad. I drive by churches on Sunday and I'm just like, oh, you suckers, suckers. you're in there and I'm out here. And but it's you just, know what? I'm like, this is like so life-giving and it's but, good. Here's the cool thing is like, Larry and I will wake up and we'll have coffee and we'll have spiritual conversations. The, the other week we talked to our kids about like just these simple, like we keep God in the mix on Sundays and we had a conversation about, hey, you know, like. God does. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And this is how, you know, God loves you. And so we asked our kids conversations and just, we all as a family had a spiritual conversation for about 30 minutes and it was just really cool. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. So, um, we do communion on Sundays and we, we put it out and the kids know that like when the communion, like at the end of the night, they can go drink the rest of the juice and eat the rest of the crackers. Mm. Like we just let them do that, which is blasphemy for some people. But you know, Illy, <laughs> Illy, she's three and a quarter years old. She'll be four in June. And she will ask Kim to go eat cracker and drink juice. And Kim will say, you can do it, but you have to focus on the Lord. And she will like take communion with Illy and like pray with her and have her focus on the Lord. Yeah. And so I mean, if that's, she that's is, awesome, if she's not, I it's, don't know. But it's the intentionality that's there. But she's giving there. her the practice, like, right. when you do this, we focus on the Lord, right? And so she will say, you know, ask Jesus to show you what he wants, you know, what does he want you to see? What does he want you to know? And she's, like, teaching her to listen and to, like, see in the Spirit that's and legit. then have communion. Um, yeah. So anyways, what I was going to say was on the flip side to what you're talking about, there would be some people who say, you know what, man, I just want to love God. I'm going to love my family. I want to love others. And so like loving God for me is like 
going to church on Sunday morning and yeah. helping set up for two hours. Man, I love it. Drink for my sure. coffee, Go for it. Do get it. around my people, set up, see the Lord move. We're going to tear down and I'll get the trailer dropped off. And then I'm going to go to group tonight. And then I'm going to go to Bible study Wednesday. And then I'm going to go to the men's breakfast Saturday. And that's life giving and simple for some people. Yeah. That sounds like hell to me, but if it's life giving <laughs> to you, then go for it. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, mean, it, it, it's but truly not a right or wrong situation. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about following God is that in one sense, God can be leading me to do one thing and he can be leading someone to do something completely opposite. <laughs> But it's where they're at in their journey, and it's it's what they're doing, um, and that's beautiful to me. I mean, I think that's how big our God is. I got one more um, thing, <coughs> big change that we made this last week, but we removed the TV from our living room, so we no longer have a TV in our living room. Um, and we said we're going to try it for a week, and we're going to see how it goes. Lara's been wanting to do this for a long time, and I've pushed back and I fought against it. I love to watch TV while I eat. I'm creating oh, terrible, terrible neuro pathways in my brain yeah. and connecting food to eating and pleasure and all that. So, anyways, so but but we've I've fought against it partially because I like playing Xbox and all sorts of things. But this last right. week, this Sunday, I just woke up. It was you know, and I, I took it off the wall, you know, it was mounted. And, and so we, it's been, I took it off Sunday morning and, you know, we haven't had it on. It's what day is it now? Tuesday. So it's been three yeah. days. You're dude, dying. Let me know. Let me tell you it, it has changed. And I'm, my mind is blown. It has been the single biggest, littlest thing that we've done that has had the biggest, biggest effect impact. on our home. Wow. Our kids would normally wake up in the morning run to the TV, turn it on. Yeah, Sterling will either yeah. play Fortnite or whatever chaos. It's chaos in the morning. We try to drink our coffee. We have to beat the kids up if we're going to drink coffee and have conversation. Now there's a TV in their room, but we're noticing like they're eating better because there's not a TV there. They're wow, finishing their food. Really? There's a peace and calmness in our home that we have not experienced. And I'm not, <sighs> listen, I'm not saying TV is evil or the devil. Like Lara and I watch Netflix. We have right. our shows that we watch at night. Yeah. But there's something about having a we space. We have our shows we repent yep. of every Sunday morning. <laughs> there's something about having this peace and this technology-free zone in our home Dude. that has been missing. And so, you know, I have an office that I work in, and I have all sorts of tech in there. The yeah. kids have a TV in their room. Um, you know, the TV right now is just in our closet. I haven't set it up in our room. Yeah. I don't know what we're going <laughs> to quite do yet. But I can tell you that was a huge step for us to, to continue pursuing a simpler life. Yeah. And it's nuts, man. I'll tell you what. So there's, I mean, we don't have time to get into this, but I want to kind of throw this out there to see if people will actually go and, and do some research, but like electronic devices emit certain frequencies that actually disrupt really like parts of our body and our mind and stuff. I know that sounds crazy, but, um, Go check out Wise Traditions podcast, and there's an episode where they talk about like screens and children or something mm-hmm. like that. It's crazy, bro. It's absolutely crazy. And there's there was like real quick just a story about this kid who like could barely ever sleep and was like freaking out, and would wake up and cry and scream and wouldn't sleep, and it was bad. Yeah. And then the doctor who prescribed this basically said, take take out all of the electronics from the room, and don't even leave anything plugged in. Like you know just do that and try that for a couple of weeks and see what happens. They removed all the electronics from his room, unplugged them, do all, right. did all this stuff. And even if it's not on like a TV plugged in, but not on, right. there's still some frequency Dude, going. And right? that's the crazy thing. And so this kid oh actually gosh, started sleeping and stopped crying in the night and was getting full. And that was the only thing that changed. Dang bro. So anyways, it's crazy wild. stuff. 
That's wild. And here's what I was going to say, because our, our house even feels, because we don't have the TV on all the time, but it even feels more peaceful than when the TV was off. Like, and that's why I really feel like right. that. that's exactly what you're talking about, like that kind yeah. of deal. So, I, and I'm not telling you, I mean, we had our, our community faith come over last night and they're like, oh, you guys <laughs> finally did it. You took your TV off the wall. And I bet I was like, oh man, yeah, I hope they don't which, think like we're, we're going to tell them to do that. Yeah, well, we're not that's telling not anybody to do anything, to do. but here's what's going to happen is people are going to hear some of this stuff and they're going to be like, dang, man, I've been thinking about that. I just need to go and do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just kind of that little extra push. And it may, and it may, so that's what I would encourage you to do. I mean, so maybe here's our, I don't know if we want to wrap up and sure. give our final words, but my biggest piece of advice would be, man, just have a discussion with your spouse, with your family. If your kids are older, to talk to God, ask your family what you guys should do or what you guys think. Um, if you really want to get personal, ask your your spouse, like, hey, what are some things in our life that just feel very hectic or chaotic right now? Um, now, be prepared to, you know, receive those and then hopefully make some changes and go to God and ask God, like, God, how can we begin to pursue a simpler life as a family? And then he may tell you to do things that are completely different than he's kind of led us to do. Yeah, that's the best advice anybody can and give. And that's okay. And that's what good. Is, yeah. Ask the Lord. Like, the Lord knows you more than anything. And so say, man, God, what do I need to do to just simplify my life? Like I need to minimize chaos. Um, I, I don't want to be owned by my stuff. I don't want to have uh, unnecessary worry or unnecessary busyness. And just ask the Lord, man, he'll show you. And chances are a lot of people already know the things they need to cut out. Right. You know, I mean, I know, I know in my life, it's just a matter of like, can I, you know, and some can of us, you and will you? Can I and will I? And for a lot of people, it's like mental, like addiction. I mean, there there's some of that stuff going on too. And so it's not just going to be so easy for everybody to make these decisions. Yeah. But I think it's absolutely beneficial to, you know, seek the Lord for that and then see what he has to say to you. So, man, I, you know, I, we were talking about this whole chaos thing earlier and, you know, things weren't working and I just was praying before and, and I was just saying like, Hopefully this brings freedom to people because, you know, Satan, we have an adversary. Um, he wants to tear apart our, tear apart our marriages. He wants to tear apart our families. He wants us to make us, he wants to make us ineffective in the kingdom. Right. And he's going to use everything that he possibly can and throw it at us, you know? And, you know, Jesus talked about the, the soils and the seed falling on the soil. And one of them was like the worries of this world, you know, like for sure the riches, the deceitfulness of wealth. And the, and the worries of this world or something like that. And, um, you know, wealth doesn't necessarily mean that we've got like a million bucks in the bank, but a lot of us are wealthy in the amount of stuff that we own. For sure. And, uh, and you know, sometimes again, that stuff ends up owning us. So man, think about it. What can you minimize? What can you throw away that you don't need? Or what can you give away or whatever the heck do we, th we threw away so much stuff. And here's the thing. Yeah. It costs money, but we were poor stewards of the money when we, you know, bought the stuff in the first place, you know? And so it's just like, well, let's just get rid of this crap, you know, like the money spent, whatever, it'd be more work to try and sell it or do whatever. So we just trashed all kinds of things. And there's so much more. I just wish I, I could just get a, get, you know, get gone. So let's give, let's give three or maybe a couple. I think if people are looking to simplify their life, they can simplify their stuff, getting rid of stuff. They can simplify their schedule the things that they're doing. Um, what are some other things you think that people could simplify that these are just some steps, like don't try to do all of them, you know, and knock out like everything, but just pick something. 
what's another one that you think is a pretty easy step for people to take, take forward? You would ask me that. I don't know, man. Think about your diet. Think about what you're wearing. Think about what you're doing when you get home. Habits. You know, I'm thinking about habits right now. Like to, I'm thinking about, okay, how can I simplify my, my life at home? Like maybe in my evenings, you know, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I could put my, my electronic device away. Maybe I can simplify my life by just getting home and like drinking a cup of tea and reading a book. Right. Like that sounds wonderful to me, but I don't do that. You can drink a cup of tea I do, and read some I of do the Tim Schill. At, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny or read the Jesus outside the oh wait actually that yeah. that's the book yeah, that that's the book that we're gonna yeah. read yeah. so man I just want to encourage people like you know do what the Lord tells you to do May, maybe you love your life and everything's great and you know we just wasted your time but nah their life sucks <laughs> <laughs> just maybe your life is good I don't know maybe you work in ministry and you're and it's life giving for you that's great yeah I don't know. Hit us up because we want to have you on and hear about how ministry can be life-giving. That's a conversation that I do want to have with someone one day. Find someone who where ministry is life-giving for them and have them come on and share that experience with two dudes that, you know. And then what's going to happen is we're going to realize that they actually love people and we don't. Dang. Sucks, huh? Does suck. I love giving my life away. I love sacrificing myself so that people can know the Lord. You know who who I bet is like that? Who? Silky Smooth... uh, Voice man. Derek, Derek, Derek Shore. I was, Derek Shore. Have, I was supposed to have lunch with him and we rescheduled so I can talk to him about it. I want, I bet Derek ministry is life giving for Derek Shore. Probably so. I, love I think it's dude. just a matter of the heart, but I mean, that dude's wise. He's got a good heart. He, but you, but you know what Derek has? Derek has Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Derek, Derek is like major into the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. He's a big Dallas Willard dude. Yeah. Dallas Willard, Dallas Willard, Richard Foster. Yeah. Those stuff. guys. So, all right. Well, I guess that'll be it. Go be simple. <laughs> See you later, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. I thought what you said your sign off is going to be like cheese stay, bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay sti- stay stinky meat sacks. Gross. <laughs> Rotted flesh meat. Oh my gosh. From a butcher shop. Deep tissue massage to spoiled chicken. Saltydogspodcast.com. Go check it out. We got our blog. We're we're posting new content all the time, so you guys go do the thing and you yeah, know we just, like and share that stuff. We can always count on Andy. Is this the part of Andy's the podcast where we beg people to go do things? No, nah, we just tell them like, hey, if you want to read some controversial topics on Christianity, go read any of Andy Springer's blogs. I love them. Yeah. They're amazing. Well, they make you think. They they really put some pressure on her. Today you dropped one that was about God uh, our mother. God our mother. Oh, the feminine just, side of God. Ooh. <laughs> Cringed. And then I and then I then I dropped one. I finally dropped my scripture is useful, Jesus's life. You dropped your blog, Deuce. My yeah, I dropped my blog. I haven't read yours yet. I need to read it. Thanks. Well, I, you, who anyways, does two blog posts? Anyways, I'm just talking about um, putting scripture in its proper place and putting Jesus in his proper place. Oh, that's gonna Wah-pah. make some people mad. Yeah. All right, appreciate you guys. Thanks Salty for dogs. Out. Out. <laughs>